0: Hello, welcome to Utabia, Stephen Chicken here, joined by David Hartrick. Carlos Corbran has been appointed as Huddersfield Town Head Coach. No messing about on this intro. How are you doing, Dave?
1: (laughs) Not bad, not bad. Hashtag no messing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean it's the worst kept secret in football but it's finally official now. Carlos Corbran is at Huddersfield Town as head coach. Dave, what is your reaction to that? And I'm sure you've had plenty of time to think about it. I'm
1: just so shocked and stunned. Uh no, we've we've known it's been a funny one because I I think it would be fair to say we've pretty much known it was Carlos Corbran almost from mm. the hour that Danny Cowley got sacked. Uh, I think I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily, because I think it shows that Town are willing to commit to a plan potentially. Um I've just I think I've seen lots of people getting very excited already and I completely understand that. And I think it's as football fans, we love living in the in the hypocritical areas. We love a grey area. So I think it's perfectly legitimate to still think town were wrong to sack Danny Cowley but also be excited about a guy with the level of CV that this guy has coming in Um, but I I think one of the things it's important to say is that this is an unknown quantity working for the man is not being the man so it's still quite a high level of risk and there's a lot of work to do in a very compressed pre-season isn't there
0: Yeah an awful lot to do and I think we saw that a little bit against Millwall which was a game very much played in trading gear it might as well have been you know there was which you can completely understand I I think it's absolutely fair enough that the players after the season have had and the amount of work they've put in try to get themselves safe and then having the season put on pause and then you know having to keep themselves going and coming back and everything else that's happened that once they've got themselves safe they they take their foot off the throttle a little bit so i'm not going to go at anyone for that but yeah i mean i think we saw that that was a squad that was largely without the players that were, were out of contract in the summer in fact i think entirely without the players who were out of contract yeah. in the summer um and several of the lone players were on the bench and i think the the way i mean it was quite obvious that they were intentionally fielding a load of youngsters to give them a chance and give them an opportunity and let them get some championship minutes, albeit under, you know, <laughs> not exactly normal championship circumstances in any way. But nonetheless, the number of youngsters in that squad just sort of reveals how many players they need to add to that first-team squad. Yeah. Um, in Key areas as well, yeah. Steve. Key yeah, areas. Yeah.
1: This is not like having to go and quickly find yourself a DM um this is goalkeeper forwards <laughs> you know <laughs> and that is is quite a this is the thing i think Corberon is is uh, obviously he has a very good track record in in motivating and working with youth he's he's won the under t- the two development leagues with the under 23s i think mm. hasn't
0: he yeah i believe so yeah
1: um so he has a good record of bringing these players through but you've got to have the raw materials and i think there's one or two players that town would quite like to be a bit further on than they actually are at the moment, and I think that's a situation that needs to be managed. Um, but it was the performance last night was almost not worth talking about because it was just it was top hat and cigar time, really. <laughs> yeah. And but it was it was sort of notable that I think um, Rowe got minutes because I I think. There's an indicator there that there's a young man that's probably going to feature. De Haney again coming in um, is definitely going to be... I think he's definitely going to be in that right-back slot next season because I think at least that's one one part of the pitch they don't have to worry about. But yeah, I, Lewis O'Brien was captain, I think it was worth mentioning. I, th- I suggest that might be something they consider for next season.
0: Perhaps I mean it could just be a bit of acknowledgement of, of the brilliant season that he's had because obviously Christopher mm. Schindler pulled out in the warm-up uh, with uh, with what Danny Schofield revealed after the game was was a bit of a, a tooth issue that he's that he's had. Um, so he was initially named on the team sheet and then had to pull out. But yeah, I mean you, you couldn't do much better than Lewis O'Brien. The only thing is he's still very young, but um, in terms you- of. In terms of a character and the, yeah, yeah, that's
1: what I'm about to say. They, they, it's a, it's a team that lacks leaders, and if it's a, if it's a young man that's got to step up and do it, then I think that's that's absolutely fine. But
0: the other thing is, we overplay the captain's armband sometimes. To be perfectly yeah. honest, because you know Richard Stearman's not going to stop <laughs> instructing the defense just because he's not wearing a captain's armband.
1: No, no, but I, you know the th- the thing is I think you're right I think you're absolutely right Steve but I think there is a significance to it in terms of the f- the fans want a captain who is out there pointing at people and rousing people and getting people going and I think that's where it's significant I think the actual players on the pitch it's you know like it's very difficult for a defender to tell a striker what to do <laughs> so you need yes. actually need like uh, leaders all over the place but I I think Lewis O'Brien is a young man who could easily captain that club and could easily take them forward. But it was it was last night was was a complete sort of placeholder of a game really. Um and everybody has been waiting, knowing who was coming in. And I think it's worth looking at it, it's it's not just a managerial appointment this, is it, Steve? I think no. th- this is the start of a cultural shift, isn't it?
0: It seems that way. The way that they're talking about it, you know, that they're talking about going back to the the no limits mentality. I'm not terribly sure about that because, I mean, it's the right mentality, but I, I, I think using that phrasing perhaps is a little bit too reminiscent of the David Wagner era, that yeah. um, when they're at a time when they're trying to look forward. So, even if they use literally any other two words, uh, yeah. then yeah. then then that might be the way forward, but. I mean, I'm nitpicking there and I'll probably cut this out of the podcast. But yeah. No,
1: I, I think I think you're right, to be honest. I think you're right because I think the the whole point of this is the club that has to move forward. The, the, it's lived in the shadow of David Wagner and then it's lived in the shadow of the Premier League. And a lot of the problems with a great deal of them players were psychological and mental. The the single biggest thing Corberon needs to do is to actually get someone playing with a smile on their face again. Yeah. That's that's the biggest battle he's got to overcome, really.
0: Yeah, but either way, it's. Uh, I'm sorry to start off uh, with a nitpick there, but the, either way, he he's obviously been brought in with a view to improving that style of play. They're talking about him being an exciting attacking manager, hmm. and that is obviously something that is very important to Phil Hodgkinson and various others at that club as well, because I think they know, obviously, what absolute doldrums it's been the last couple of years on on the pitch and I mean we've talked about this before I think people only really hark on about style of play at a time when they're losing but I think they're also realistic and know that they're not going to be going to win the title next season and so if they are going to be pushing for the playoffs or you know even even just pushing to be a comfortable mid-table side then I I can understand why they would look at that and say well we want to be playing attacking football even if that's the limits of our ambitions mm. <laughs> not to talk about limits but um even if that is realistically <laughs> our level then then at least we'll have some fun along the way.
1: Yeah there there needs to be um we spoke about this on another podcast but this season I think there needs to be a couple of 32s or a couple of four twos, or just something that gets some bums on seats, and get we know between us, some town season ticket holders who are reluctant to review and renew uh, at the moment, um,
0: which you can completely understand, to be perfectly yeah. honest. And I know that you know, this and it's isn't...
1: not it, it, the virus doesn't help, but it's not just mm. that, is it?
0: No, I, I suspect the virus is a large part of it because you. I know the club will, would not thank me for saying this but I can understand why someone wouldn't want to buy a season ticket for at a time when you don't know if you're going to actually be able to be in the ground or not um, and, and you know we're, we're potentially looking at Octo- October some fans being allowed back in but not all so I can understand why in that kind of uncertainty fans would not want to put their hands in the pocket just yet not to mention the fact that so many people are you know have lost their jobs or are struggling for money or have had hours reduced or whatever it might be but yeah you're right the last couple of seasons have been pretty miserable on the pitch and you and I have been quite um outspoken about the fact that the Cowleys have had to do that pretty much at times throughout this season and I don't believe for a second that the Cowleys would have Prefer to continue playing football like that going into next season. Absolutely no way. There's, you know, you just need to look at what Danny Kelly said in his press conferences in the past, and that there is no way that that was what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a team that was on the front foot. But I think that the reality is that they had to make a number of pragmatic decisions, and that includes the decisions that they made in the January transfer market, um because you know bringing in that number of loan players. And bringing in a couple of more, you know, two thirty-two year olds or whatever they are, in the form of, of Andy King and Richard Stairman, that wasn't a club, that wasn't them building a long term vision of the no. club. That was them no. bringing in bodies that they thought would get the job done and get the points on the board to get them through to the end of the season. But nonetheless, we are where we are with it, and you know, we're going to have to stop talking about the Cowleys, basically, aren't we, Dave? Um, at this point,
1: yeah, I I think that we we could both see a world where the Cowleys had Huddersfield Town in maybe somewhere between 10th and 15th quite comfortably next season with with not loads of investment and very little drama whereas what, what we have now is we have the drama again because obviously everybody be, uh, all eyes will be on, on Corbyn and we have no idea how he's going to set that town side up or even what the squad's going to look like ultimately but I think that's good I think a bit of intrigue in Huddersfield town again is a good thing mm. I'm I think the Cowleys could have provided it but you know I completely understand the reasons as have been explained for them leaving the club and you have to move on football's a, a, a transient beast at the best of times isn't it and it's it's all about looking forward now and if nothing else it, it i know there are fans that are excited already to i somebody asked me straight away do you think we'll be able to get i follow for a pre-season friendlies mm. which shows that people are interested and engaged again cuz that you know what formations he's going to play is he going to try and adapt a few people is Romari Edmonds Green going to go in as a right back potentially as cover? You know, is is Matty Daly going to get a run longer term? Are they going to have a look at the the strikers they've got in Harrit and forgive me, what was the lad who was on the bench last? Um,
0: yeah, Kieran Phillips and Mike Robiero.
1: Yeah. So are, are they going to have a look at them? That's that's good. That's a good thing. Ultimately, Steve, to to have people interested and buzzing and and what have you is is a good thing. But my my. Worries for town are not to do with Carlos Corberon really, no. or the change. It's it's they they've got to get some bodies through the door. I mean, they could they could feasibly over the course of the next few days lose anything up to maybe fifteen members of the squad in terms of loans that are going back to parent clubs, contracts that are up, and players we expect to go like Carlon Grant, who we are expecting to move sooner rather than later it should be said that's a massive job and that's not on Corbyn necessarily he will be tasked and asked to hopefully bring a couple of players in he's got his eye on who knows we may see somebody from the leeds youth team coming on loan but that level of recruitment on its own is uh that's a that's a frightening summer's work right there
0: yeah and I think it's notable that Coburn is going to be the head coach rather than the manager. Yeah, so yeah. that suggests that you know that they're sending a pretty clear signal there that that although I'm sure he'll have a say in recruitment that it's they're expecting him to fit into the structure that's already there and and Josh Marsh is is the, obviously the head of recruitment Lee Bromby is the head of football operations and those those two will be the the main leaders when it comes to bringing players through the door. Which is, I can understand why some fans might be nervous about that, because it's been a very tough couple of years for Huddersfield Town when it comes to recruitment. And I think there are, let's not kid anyone, I think there are some people out there who have a question mark over Josh Marsh and and the rest of the recruitment team. And obviously Lee Bromby is new to the role, he's a bit of an un, untested quantity. But the I would say that the club, from speaking to people behind the scenes, are very confident that that those are very competent people and that the issues they've had in the past are not going to to repeat themselves. And you have to say, in fairness, the job they did as a club in general in January was absolutely stellar and is what kept them up. So as much as you want to point to to other transfer window, and they'll also point to likes of Janino Bakuna and karl Grant who came in for very little money in Premier League terms as as town were at the time and now have potentially massive resale value so yeah they will be they're obviously as I say from speaking to people behind the scenes they're very confident that they have the right structure now to be a successful championship club again
1: I think the the key word though is successful isn't it and I I think I do wonder where they're setting their ambitions now longer term Um,
0: I believe that well I mean sort of the club manifesto is basically that they want to be a top 30, top 30. club in England yeah. so somewhere at least 10th in the championship is sort of the the the, the bottom end of their ambition.
1: And mm. I mean that's that's completely admirable but that's what everyone wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 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 tough. There's a lot of work ahead. I do feel I I think McCorran reading uh a excellent profile of the man on the examiner website i do feel to be fair the sort of basic building blocks are there um this is not like john carver getting the newcastle job you know this (laughs) this is a an, an assistant who has been groomed at various places and I know it's easy to sort of say well you know he's only managed in Cyprus and all this sort of thing but you have to go a little bit deeper than that and
0: I mean Leeds fans are gutted to be honest yeah the reaction from the Leeds fans that they thought that he was going to be their next manager
1: yeah but I can understand that because without wishing to talk to talk about Leeds that that club is so propped up and ingrained by the cult of Bielsa, that it's like when he goes, whenever that may be without having that succession plan, they could be they could collapse like a house of cards so the fact that Town have been in and pinched their succession plan, if nothing else should delight Huddersfield Town fans but I think I, I, I keep going back and looking over the people he's worked with and you look at what Bielsa's done and you have to think that He's got, he's got a chance, hasn't he Steve, of, of if the club go with him and everybody goes in the right direction and I think more importantly than anything else if this is it for two years if there's no new director of football or no other big change then realistically you, you've got to hope that this is going to turn out to be a positive even if I, I can see a world where short term there's a, a little bit of pain before you get the longer term gain out of it.
0: I think that's right, yeah. I mean, we saw that with David Wagner. His first season was nothing really to write home about in terms of results or league position. I, I know that the, the style was starting to be put into place, but and those who watched it in closely were, were going, hang on, there might be something special there. But in terms of results, you know, it was the same as it had been the previous couple of years. So it might take a bit the, the of time. difference,
1: Mike- i think the difference maker for wagner was that summer's recruitment wasn't it that followed where yeah. they they he, he brought in the core of the players that you know arguably some are still there today so
0: yeah massively and the other thing you know daniel Fark is another example not to keep using you know germans from the Dortmund <laughs> mold but Daniel Farker, he had a completely unremarkable first season at Norwich absolutely unremarkable um and to remember that that before they sort of you know <laughs> stormed up to the Premier League last season, they actually had a really terrible start, even in their second season. So it can take time for for these things to come together, and it it you know it I, I you just hope that that Corbren gets the time that Danny Cowley, quite harshly in our view, was not given to mm-hmm. to implement his ideas. But hopefully, you would also see signs having made this appointment now of what Corbran wants to do and within a few games we'll we'll start to get an idea of okay, I can see what he's trying to do here and things will start coming together
1: Two seasons without any change that's what Town need more than anything else and I think Mm. that's going to require a lot of bottle, Steve that's going to require a lot of nerve because you and I both know that it's a very compressed pre-season. Town have got to get an awful lot of players in and they want to implement a different way of playing and a different style. It, it, it could be a difficult start to the season, particularly if the fixture list doesn't drop their way. And if if they get some really good clubs first up, as I said, there could be a bit of short-term pain because they, the players you can do what you want in training and in pre-season games but you there's nothing sharpens the knife like actual competitive championship football so it it's they've got to hold their nerve they've got to go with it the fans have got to go with it and there is still this period with no fans in the stadium and i do wonder if that could be hugely advantageous to corbran from the point of view of being able to get his messages across on the pitch a bit easier, and and the pressure not being quite as high for some of the new signings being dropped into it straight from the off. Um, yeah, there, there, there's lots of there's lots of things we can make a case for. Just because, but we do. I think we have nailed our colours to the mast and said we do think it is. It was a difficult decision to get rid of the cowlis, if nothing else. I do think there are also lots and lots of reasons to be positive and to be excited. And as invested neutral, Steve, it makes life interesting, doesn't it?
0: It certainly does. Yeah. I mean, I've just been thinking myself, because obviously we've been really, really busy the last few days, as as you can probably well imagine. And it's only sort of today I thought, oh, actually, I can't wait to do. A sort of my first five conclusions on a core brand game that'll be a really mm-hmm. interesting piece to do yeah. and you know if nothing else it's um it's interesting as as you say as an infested neutral and as a journalist writing about Huddersfield Town and talking about Huddersfield Town it's gonna be interesting for them um, which I think Town have been interesting in all the wrong ways over the last couple yeah. of years and yeah. I think they're really sort of Putting their eggs in the basket of hoping that this move will make them interesting in a in a more of an exciting and uh, progressive way.
1: Well, they'll know all their interest has been off the pitch, and that's the wrong way round. Yeah. So at least they're trying to get it the right way round now. Um, but yeah, it will be. Do you, do you think he's just going to go into the Bielsa mould? Do you think he's going to try something else? Do you? I mean, it's very difficult when he's a youth team coach and an assistant manager because the way Bielsa shapes the club is that all the youth teams have to play the same way don't they so that all the teams play in the same manner and players can just come through that system and go straight into the first team if required so do you think it's just going to be Bielsa ball or do you think he's going to roll the dice at something different or
0: absolutely no idea and it, it remains to be seen I mean as you say, the fact we've got such a short pre-season and we know that Ball requires unbelievable levels of fitness, which is yeah. something that, that Town struggled badly with last season. So,
1: And they don't have a fitness director at the moment.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, for one thing, Corbran is a, a former fitness coach himself, so he knows what he's doing on that front. And But, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, well, if he doesn't, go for his principles and go for the the style of play that 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 he wants to play then what's the point of bringing him in you know if he's just Mm going to go and and play pragmatically and work with what he's got and try and get the best out of what he has available and not try and impose his own style of play then what was the point of getting rid of the Cowleys, frankly so yeah i mean i i he's kind of in this country got quite firmly tied up with Marcelo Bielsa, but it's worth remembering that he was at Leeds be- before Bielsa was there yeah. for, for a year yeah. or so. So he is his own man. He's he's not, it's not like a David Wagner situation where he was intrinsically tied to Jurgen Klopp in his early years of development. He was his own man and his own coach before he started working with Bielsa. So I'm not sure if it's going to be entirely Bielsa ball, um, but he will also obviously know that that is a, a system and a strategy that has worked for him and a side he's obviously worked for over the last two years as a first team coach. So um, I'm sure at least some of those principles will be brought to Huddersfield Town, and that that will be part of the reason they've hired him.
1: Yeah, I I think the if the the problem they've got is if if it, they do have a poor start and they have to revert to something more pragmatic that is that is a, a stick by which they can get beaten of Big many time. sticks um, and it's it's difficult because we we take the position on this podcast that we want to defend the club where we can and yeah. where we can see that there is a defence that needs to be mounted because you know we've said it before as invested neutrals we don't have that emotional attachment that potentially fans do so we can be a little bit more sober in it but it, it it's just there is no getting away from the fact that I, there are so many aspects of this that are just a massive risk just a huge gamble aren't there
0: yeah enormously because whatever you think of the Cowleys, as as you said I think they would have they would have had town comfortably safe next season but this is a change for not for change's sake but with a, a view to something different. And to be fair, Dave, when when Town sacked Jan Sievert back in August and we were talking about what kind of manager do we need, we said they could do with having a back-to-basics manager who sees them through to the end of the season. And if they stay up, then maybe in the summer they go and get someone a bit more exciting who's going to be there for the next three years. And mm-hmm. so we were kind of calling for that. And I think that that's how the club view... This change that they've made is right. They've had the firefighter. Thank you very much, genuinely. Thank you. Um, we're grateful for you keeping us up. However, we want to now go with someone who's gonna, you know, take us into a, a, another phase. So, yeah,
1: it's it's a they've got a they've got a change. What's interesting about this is it's not just a manu- man- managerial change. Easy for you to say. It's not. It, it's that change of culture, and that we we've talked about it off air, Stephen. It's worth having the conversation on air. But we both believe that the club should try and change its personality a little bit and be, shall we say, a bit more aspirational, mm. rather than always talking about the roots and the working class thing. There is nothing wrong, as David Wagner showed by saying, "Well, there shouldn't be limits," you know. That, and I hope. If nothing else, that this appointment is the start of that, and that things do become more aspirational, and there is a desire for success and to push on and to keep going for levels that look a little bit out of reach. That's how successful clubs are formed, that's how, you know, mm. dynasties are formed at clubs. But I just, it's just, it's all about the nerve that it's taken an, a, a, an enormous amount of, of nerve. Cajones, as Tridini would say, <laughs> to make the de- to make the decision. I feel like it's gonna. It could take even more to just keep going with it, because. I I I do think next season could be a bit rough in patches. I I think if Town get their recruitment right, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be a, a comfortably mid-table club, but. You know, you've got to put this style in, you've got to find a way to replace Carlin Grant's nineteen goals in a in a team that's notoriously shot shy and goal shy. You've you've gotta get the system in place, you've gotta get the personality in place, you've gotta get some leadership on the pitch. You've gotta change I, I would suggest one or two key individuals that we don't know about already may well go over the summer because I think everybody in that squad now has a price, realistically. That's the financial realities of the virus. It's going to take Big Bottle again to stick with it. You know, If you believe in it and if you can see the the end game and you still think that you're going to get where you want to get, you've got to stick with it. You've got to go with it.
0: And I almost think that that they're, yeah, as you say, they're almost forced to now because they know the amount of stick they're going to get if this doesn't work out. And particularly if, as we suspect they will, the Cowley mm-hmm. brothers go and take another job and go from strength to strength, then people will use that as a stick to beat the club with. And they, as you say, will need to hold their nerve and, and mm-hmm. have the courage of their convictions because. They feel that they've made the right decision here, and we know that that, that is a, a good coach. He's a little bit untested as a head coach, but as I say, we're pretty sure it's not a Jan Sievert situation here. So they they're they're going to have to see it through and, and view it as a long term project because that's the whole point of this is it's meant to be a long term project. You know, we we've, we've touched on a couple already. You know, Wagner and Farker, another example, which is one that that has been used to me to sort of help explain this decision is rizzo pochettino at southampton and he didn't have a, a stellar start to begin with or ralph Hassen uh, harsenhuttle who's at southampton now had very difficult moments he was on the receiving end of a 9-0 early this season and now people are talking about him as you know the next manager of uh of spurs so it's uh yeah, it's about having faith in the project and having faith in the decision that you've made and seeing it through.
1: Yeah, and I hope they do. I hope my my big hope is that they come through this period, they recruit well over the summer, and that if nothing else next season, I I would be happy to see, I don't know, Town finished 18th or 19th, but if, as I said, people have played with a bit more of a smile on their face and fans have enjoyed it a bit more. Because mm. at the moment, the, the the last... You didn't cover them that in the Premier League, Steve, and I can tell you the first season had a brilliant end result, but there were some really tough times as well. Yeah. The second season, you came in, was the day they got relegated at Palace, didn't yeah. you? right, yeah, yeah that was a rough season it, it was it was literally just going and getting it's like walking getting punched in one pub and then walking over <laughs> to another pub and getting punched in that pub and then walking to another pub and getting punched in there which aptly describes my youth drinking round bradley <laughs> but enough of that um, you, beat me,
0: you beat me to the joke there um so
1: it, i think they needs. It, it's the pressure valve the pressure valve has been constantly on this club At lots and lots of levels. And even though this is a massive risk and that doesn't take any of the pressure off, there's nothing like, uh, you know, a player that gets you off your seat, a game that gets you off the seat, a couple of wins. Just get the good feeling back, you know, get the good times back. That's, That's what they need by hook or by crook. The sort of, as long as they stay up next season, almost the league position is irrelevant if they enjoy it themselves along the way, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah exactly right we'll leave it there then because i know that we've all got lives to go on with and we're obviously going to be back with a, a much more involved i think a season in review and and maybe some awards and things like that in our next podcast um but we just wanted to get something out there to react to the core brand appointment now it's all official david thank you for joining me no problem i don't know why i said it in that tone as it was, i was I gonna know. finish was that- <laughs> a sentence.
1: It was slightly sinister. I didn't know whether to <laughs> say thank you or love you or what. It was just a bit. It all went a bit dark.
0: Ah. Uh, okay. Well, I'll say I love you to the listeners, but not to you, Dave. I think you're okay, and we will see you next time on Utabia. Goodbye. U-2-B-R,